Hello, welcome to Riot Act. This is the alternative music podcast, and this is the Rioters Review. Fuck, I fuck that up, Renfrey. I'm Stephen Hill. He's Renfrey Deadman. Let's gloss over that mistake. Well, I don't feel like it's been glossed over. I felt like it was very much highlighted and signposted, but, you know, that's fine. I know. Hello. I don't know why you lot are spending your hard-earned money on a knobhead like me. This is a terrible introduction. What are you doing? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) That's absurd. For goodness sake. Let's move on. Move on. Uh, Yeah, fine. This is the Rioters Review. This is where you, our uh, patrons over on patreon.com forward slash podcast, can suggest a record for us to listen to. And we will listen to that record. And then this will be the result of us listening to that record. We will chat about it as we're about to do. Thanks very much for all of you who have gone over to our Patreon page and signed up. We appreciate that. That's very nice of you. Um, To those of you who haven't and are listening to this when it is inevitably released for free sometime in the year 2039 uh, or or whenever it might be, um, fuck you for not signing up, basically, uh, earlier. (laughs) And you could have listened to to this earlier. Bloody hell. Um, Today, we are going to be digging into one of the records, which I think is probably one of the most beloved debut metal records of the 2010s. Dougie Vale, thanks, Dougie, for your contribution. Thank you for your suggestion as well. Has suggested the self-titled debut album by Cavellatac which was released on the 21st of June, 2010. Um, that's 10 years ago. Yeah, I know. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Fucking hell. Although it was the 15th, of March, mental. 15th of March, 2011 in North America. So we could just pretend that it's not 10 years old. That we were in America. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but it is. Um, so Cavell Attack. I mean, the last time Renfrey and I were speaking about Cavell Attack, it was the review of their most recent album which is called spid i believe is the lid split yeah that's it uh which came out in 2020 um that's this year as we record and um not, we not were, for the freeloaders it isn't for the freeloaders it's not like for the freeloaders 20 years ago yeah long time ago probably didn't even don't even remember cavell attack you idiots uh <laughs> and um but anyway uh yeah Cavell Attack we sort of we reviewed the album we were like it's not a bad record particularly it's just not stunningly exciting in the year 2020 I think we pretty much came to the conclusion though that it's probably the second or third best Cavell Attack record but yes I do yes broadly that is what we thought Mm. yeah and if that's up for debate, what is the second or third best Cavell Attack album? I would say there really is no debate over what the best Cavell Attack album is. No. It's it's this one. Um, let's be very, very clear from the off. I Cavell will, Attack. Just to throw a small spanner into the works, though. When it came out, I was saying for a while that Mir was a better record. But I reassessed that after yeah, I about I think, six months or so. I think a few people said that and we'll probably talk about that in a, in a little bit as well. But um, it does feel like it's been uh, a, a decade that sort of started so promisingly and has ended so unpromisingly. I mean, where did Cavell attack go from here, basically, as we sit here in 2020? They might get a bit bigger again, but they probably won't. 
let's be let's be honest uh, it's a tough they probably one won't. it's a tough one though isn't it because Cavellatac have had a lot of breaks especially for a band who is acerbic and i mean we're talking about a black and roll band but this is an extreme metal band that we're talking about mm. um metallica don't make don't take many extreme metal acts on the road with them uh but metallica took Cavellatac out for oh god it felt like a year or something crazy like that you know mm. um so it, but i mean I, I certainly think a lot of it has been bad luck um and not kind of their own it's not strictly their fault in a lot of cases um mm -hmm. but yeah it hasn't quite i mean certainly there was a lot of talk at the time that this was there's a lot of people who have said that this is the best debut album of this decade. And I think a lot of people yeah. still kind of maintain that now, um, even 10 years on. Obviously what, never, never heard Black Peaks uh, debut album. There's a lot of, there's a lot of debut albums that I could name that I think are better than this record. A.A. Williams, Black Peaks. I prefer Foxjaw personally. I think Heck released it. I mean, they, they're totally different genres a lot of the time in those sorts but in terms of like best debut mm -hmm. albums ever i think this is a very good debut album but i did kind of want to bring that to the table first because i do feel like maybe it's been a touch overrated and i wanted to get your feeling on that um at the time i thought yes maybe yes maybe uh the the buzz around Cavell attack is was bizarre and i can see why people have such a strong affinity with this record i have a pretty strong affinity with it we'll talk about it in a little bit i think you know this is a really good this is a really really wicked record oh it's great and it was fucking exciting when yeah. it when it happened when it came out when all the shit was going down mm. uh with Cavell attack it was super duper exciting um it probably feels I don't know, maybe a bit weird to be talking about Cavell Attack as a sort of one of the all-time great bands now. Now we know what ended up happening to them and their story that as it went through this decade. I mean, I, uh, I, I'm going to get this out of the way straight away. I actually did an, an interview with uh, Erland, Erland Helvig, who was the owl-headed vocalist in Cavell Attack who we all know about. He's a bloke who used to wear an owl on his head. Um, and I was chatting to him because he's got a solo album that's coming out. So I spoke to him for Metal Hammer. And he sort of said towards the end, I mean, he basically quit while they were on tour with Metallica in 2017. Yeah. Like halfway through the fucking, or 2018, he like, like halfway through the tour, he just went, nah, fuck this, I'm out. And stayed on to the end of the tour, I believe. It was just like, I need a, I don't want to do it anymore. And I said to him like, oh, you know, do you have any regrets or anything? And he was like, yeah, that we didn't. He said, I wasn't really very present and I didn't really try. I didn't really give my all for, you know, a lot of the sort of five years before that. And it's quite a bold admission for somebody to make for a start, I would say. Yeah. Someone in the band. Um, but also not entirely unsurprising i would say because it just sort of fizzled it just really really fizzled out the whole 
love of Cavell Attack. It was such a kind of, it, it feels so like early part of the 2010s that, that they were a thing. And it, it it just caught fire really quickly and then fizzled out just as quickly. I have a theory. Go on. I think if you look at the rock landscape in 2010, I think the debut Cavell Attack album genuinely was exciting because there wasn't an awful lot going on, frankly. Yeah. In terms of like new <clears throat> rock bands coming through, it felt deader than dead. And Cavell Attack was something that genuinely did seem exciting. And I think I understand why people lauded it as one of the best debut albums of all time at that time. But I feel like if you notice the, you know, all of the albums that I mentioned that I personally think are better than it, uh, all of the debuts are very much latter half of that decade and some going into the new mm -hmm. decade rather than earlier. And I think at the time, I think it was probably a good shout. But now, I mean, I don't want to be too down on it because re-listen to this record again today and it's still fucking great. You know, the the yeah. thing that really stuck out to me with it is when I think of Cavell Attack now in 2020, I think of a band who write albums that are too long. <laughs> that yes. is primarily where they have gone wrong with their the three follow-ups. All of them, even Split, which probably is probably is the second best Cavell Attack record. The main issue with it, as as we said, as I rabbited on loads about with our review because i tend to do the kind of thing was its length it's just far 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 too long as an album as a collection of songs and this album is pretty lengthy for what it is it's 48 minutes and 38 seconds but it never feels like it outstays its welcome not once and i was mm. trying to get to the bottom of why that is and really predominantly i think it's just because all the songs are fucking killer. Yeah. And that is, I, I think it really is as simple as that. It's not a particularly exciting answer, but I think it really does boil down to the fact that every song on their debut album, I think, I think it starts well and just debatably gets better as it goes on the debut Cabell Attack record. Whereas the other albums have moments. I think all of the records pretty much even uh natasfed have yeah. moments where they get Th back that's, that, that that's the status quo one the status yeah. quo one yeah <laughs> all all of them have moments where they get back to the quality <laughs> that this album has throughout but none of them managed to do it over the course of the the entire record but this one i mean I was just, I had a bloody fucking lovely time re-listening to this this morning and re reminding myself that Cavell Attack used to be genuinely exciting and bold and new and felt fresh. And what is interesting about Cavell Attack still, they've kind of taken a Volbeat turn in a way in that they came out with a sound which was uniquely identifiable as them. And it just, as it went on, it just became, you know, not many people... I don't think there are many other people, many other bands who sound like Volbeat do, for example. But it just got less exciting as it went on because the formula didn't really change all that much. Um, when they did try to make changes, they were generally for the worse. 
Uh, and it feels like the same fate has befallen both bands, except Volbeat have become absolutely massive on a bunch of mediocre material. And Cavell Attack have had a lot of bad luck and a lot of trips and a lot of falls and have kind of, I don't know. I don't know what Cavell Attack would play these days in London. Um, Ooh, that is a, I mean, uh, Islington Academy? Yeah, possibly. Last time I saw them, they were supporting Mastodon at Brixton. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, like you say, I mean, it's not just Metallica. It's Mastodon at Brixton. It's Slayer and Anthrax. Yeah. You know, they've it's Reading Festival second stage at download. Like it is weird how, how how many bands seems to have taken them out and how well they've done. Considering you know this is undoubtedly the peak sort of of their artistic, um, you know their, their artistic output, and they seemed like the weirdest. I think you, you know, you, you sort of have already said it, but they was, they were such a weird band to come out at the time that I, you know, I remember when people were talking about this being like, this will be massive. This is going to be the next massive, huge band that people are going to lose their shit for. I remember being like, never going to happen. Mm. Never going to happen. A fucking black, a black metal punk band. Yeah. Singing in Norwegian mm. are going to be like the big thing. Bollocks. Mm. Absolute bollocks. Never going to happen. And not because I didn't like them, just because I thought, well, people are never going to go for that. Mm. Like, if they didn't really go for Gallows, as we discussed on a classic album a few weeks ago, if they didn't go for Gallows, it ain't going to happen. If they didn't go for Caving, it ain't going to happen. Like, this shit's just not, it's just not going to happen. And I think. I think the weird thing about Cavell Attack, uh, probably, you know, we, we've bemoaned the fact that, you know, metal has had a really shitty old decade in terms of its commercial appeal. And it was when they started putting bands like Cavell Attack and Watane and even Ghost early on. And obviously Ghost have gone on to, you know, to, to do the business. But when they were putting stuff like Ghost and Cavell Attack and Watane um, as like the, the exciting new bands to watch and the bands that were going to break metal into the next decade and stuff. I was like, are they though? Are mm. they? Cause I just don't see it. I just don't see, you know, eight years before it was Limp Biscuit and Lincoln Park. And now you're telling me that Cavell Attack are going to do the same thing. I just, yeah. it's not going to happen. Like it, there's just no way. And obviously it didn't happen. Um, but that's not to say that it wasn't exciting that Cavell Attack were getting these kind of opportunities. I mean, I first, my first exposure to Cavell Attack was I went to the ULU in London to see Converge and it was Converge, Kylesa, Gaza, Cavell Attack. Oh yes, that's my first exposure to Cavell Attack as well. Yeah. Right, yeah. okay, cool. And they were mm. fucking brilliant. And they were, and there were about nine people watching them. Mm. It was fucking empty. You were in that room. So That's me amazing. and you. Yeah. Me and, me and you, you and seven so others. Seven yeah, yeah, yeah. other people. Yeah. Um, it was a very early start from what I recall. I think very, they were very on early. at like six. But yeah. 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 They were on super early. And this was when, I mean, I was going to gigs on my own quite a lot then because I didn't really know anyone who liked the same music as me and certainly didn't really know many people who liked Converge. So I went on my own and because I wanted to see Kylesa, I was like, oh, I'll turn up really early because it says doors are at six or whatever. Mm. And I didn't know anything about the opening band at all. Uh, and when they came on, I was like, 
this is not really not really suitable for a converge audience although there wasn't a converge audience there um and also i don't really know what this is sort of thing because you've got like they they looked like a sort of hairy old rock and roll band they had loads of blast beats they had a bloke sort of screaming up front and they had this kind of rock and roll this sort of scandy rock and roll vibe to them as well and i was just like i haven't got a fucking clue what this is what is this um i don't know how you felt about it you said you thought they were great um yeah just bemusement really yeah and not being able to like quite put a finger on exactly what the like knowing what all the individual component parts were but never having heard them all kind of mixed together in that way and i think i think it says a lot for cavell attack that they still sound uniquely them even mm-hmm. now, you know, even even though we've been quite down on Cavell Attack, especially compared to a lot of a lot of metal press, um, I can't deny that they still have their own identity, which they're clinging on to, and I think doing a very good job of clinging <clears throat> on to. They haven't lost the essence of what makes them great. It's just, and this is the reason why I come to the conclusion that the songs just aren't as good as you know Necroscope on this album for example which is fucking amazing or Mjord, <laughs> yeah. or sultans of satan or lictorn yeah. i mean it's such from beginning to end this is an absolute rager and it's the only it, it, time it really is that. yeah it really is and you think like like you say the component parts of what makes them cavell attack I, I would have thought coming up with that in the first place would have been harder like in a lot of ways i feel like it's ridiculous that this is the best cavell attack album because surely coming up with the idea of mixing all these things together is the hard part mm. once you've learned how to write these songs surely you just write better versions of these songs you know after a while you just go how can we tighten these up make them really taut, make them really kind of quick and muscular and do all the things that we need to do and make it sound like Cavell Attack. We already know how to sound like Cavell Attack because we sound like Cavell Attack. We've got all the things down. And like you're right, everything on this, they 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 turned up perfectly formed. Yeah, they did. As this uniquely um, weird sounding, but yet very, very exciting new band. And I remember like seeing that gig and being like, fuck, I mean, that whole gig, Gaza were incredible. Kylesa were really, really great. And I was banging into them at the time. So, you know, Um, and Converge were Converge. They're always amazing. And I was like, that bill was fucking awesome. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, And then suddenly people were saying, oh, Cavell Attack are going to be the big thing, like blah, blah, blah. The album's out. And I was like, oh, that's that band who opened for Converge. Mm. I'm going to go and listen to that. And I was like, this is, this is like just absolutely perfectly formed. So like I say, perfectly formed straight away. Every song on this is like, there's no fat on it. It doesn't really, I mean, particularly again, particularly in 2010, it really wasn't anything that sounded like this. And I was just like, well, this will be a cool little cult underground band that no one's ever heard of before who are doing this really idiosyncratic odd mix of punk rock, hardcore black metal and you know, whatever. Mm. And no one will know about it, but slowly, but surely we started getting told that Cavell attack were going to be the next big metal band. Mm. Um, 
Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters uh, was a big fan yep. and took the band out on tour. Took them to supporting the Foo Fighters early on. He, um, he they played... presented them with the gold record for or, um, mm. for this album uh, when uh, on stage, I believe, in Norway. Uh, they were presented with the gold record certification by Indie Recordings and Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters, who was headlining, um, awarded them that uh, award for selling 15,000 copies of this album. 15,000 copies in 2010 is nothing to be sniffed at, mm. particularly for an underground Norwegian singing black metal hardcore meld of a band. Yeah. They were presented with the Spellman Prison, a prestigious Norwegian music award similar to the American Grammys, so it says on the Wikipedia page, um, for best newcomer and best rock band. I mean, that's mad. Yeah. Even as I say it, even as I say it now, I'm like, that's, that's mad. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, I, I think I that, I, I think there was this desire to really push black metal for a long time though. I think, I think, um, I mean, Hammer tried, uh, Hammer put Watane on the cover as well, didn't they? Only a few years later. <laughs> Yeah, it was a couple of years later. Yeah, yeah, but like, there was this kind of like, it almost felt like it was one of the last subgenres that hadn't been cracked by a mainstream audience, and there was almost this desire to try and to try and push it through and get something through. And I can understand why, if that was your goal and that was your intent, why Cavell Attack would be the band that you you pine your hopes on. I do, I do get that because. They have enough of a um, groove or enough of a rock and roll swing to at least be faintly recognisable to people who wouldn't listen to this normal, this sort of thing, um, mm. who, who aren't Norwegians, by the way. I mean, many of those sales, probably most of them, I think, could be accounted for in Norway. It should be said that on the Norwegian charts, Kvelltak are fucking massive. Um, this album got to number three on the Norwegian charts. Mir got to number one. Natus Fed number two, and Split number one. Like that's crazy. They oh, are going to live in fucking Norway. Well, they're a mainstream band in Norway. Norway's fucking lovely. I thoroughly recommend it. But they mm. they are you mm. know they are a mainstream. We've just recorded an episode of the podcast where we were talking about Miley Cyrus. I mean, they are. Miley Cyrus levels in terms of like the <laughs> the um audience that they command in Norway but no, nowhere yeah. else. Um if you look at the other chart positions, I mean first album didn't chart anywhere else. Um Mir number 1 in Norway, 108 in the UK. Natasfeld number right. 2 in Norway, 128 in the UK and <clears throat> Split uh which was number one in Norway, didn't even chart in the UK, apparently. So right. there's this interesting kind of, uh, there's an interesting sort of divide there, I think. There's an interesting, maybe there's something so intrinsically Norwegian, which just can't be understood outside of Norway. I don't really know, or, or can't be understood on a mass scale, I should probably say. Well, I think Norwegians will be happy to hear a band singing in Norwegian. Yeah, sure. 
I mean, there's that. There's also the fact that black metal is arguably Norway's biggest export. Mm -hmm. I mean, you talk about... Um, musically. Yeah. You know, the, 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 yeah, definitely musically, yeah. Uh, you, you know, um, there's... There were... I, I think you're right that, like, in 2010, it felt like they were trying to get black metal to be a bigger thing. But then we'd also... Five years before that, we'd had Satyricon on Roadrunner. We'd had the success of Dimmu Borgir. Cradle of Filth had happened. Uh, there was definitely like um, a, th a, a thawing out period where black metal invaded the mainstream or like the, you know, Cradle of Filth were on a fucking major label. Midian yeah. came out on a fucking major label. <clears throat> so like there was, there was definitely like a period where the corpse painted black metal stereotype had been pushed probably as far as it was ever going to get pushed mm. by a sort of mainstream, you know, whatever. But when you've got Dave Grohl saying, you know, like you're seeing the Norwegian, you're taking black metal, but actually it's really catchy. Like you're basically, you are to black metal what Entombed are to mm. death metal. Mm. You know, you may, you've made it catchy and... Mm. Uh, you've turned it into rock and roll, which I don't really think many people would have seen coming. Um, apart from Fenris from Dark Throne, who had obviously already been doing that himself. Um, just been doing it on a fucking tape recorder with one mic held up against his drum <laughs> kit outside in the forest. So that wasn't really going to play. <laughs> like, you're not, you're not going to sell many records doing that, mate. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, but I think that might have a little bit to do with it because it's it's, I guess it would be, real enough for proper kind of Norwegian metal fans to go they're from our part of the woods mm. no pun intended and they are singing in our native language and they are using the type of music that we are sort of most well known for but looking at them like you look at them they're not trying to be a black metal band are they no like they've got long hair and they're <clears throat> wearing fucking you know t-shirts and stuff like they're not they're not they're not a black metal band aesthetically speaking they're absolutely not a black metal band at all they're a punk band yeah. and um and so i think that makes them for those people in particularly in norway who are like well i suppose i should be proud of black metal but i don't really like it here's something for you to be able to listen to which is not one thing but it's enough of that thing it's not that thing it's really like a rock band and they're and you know again this album's so good because it's so fucking catchy. Yeah. We've done it before where I've been going, Warden God. I don't know the fuck. I don't do not know the words to any of the songs on this record, but I can go, Santa, 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 Like, and that's, that's, that's enough. Um, <laughs> any Norwegian listeners, if you could translate, that would be fantastic. Much appreciated. Um, yeah. So, it's a great record. Like it's a really, really great record. Um, and a surprising, I, you know, like it's <laughs> the success of Cavell attack at the beginning is as surprising as their inevitable drop off is kind of depressing. I think, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. and listening, like when someone says to me now, do you want to go, do you want to go and see Cavell attack? like live or are you excited about a new Cavell Attack album or whatever I am so like nonplussed mm. by the thought of it mm. that I'm just like I really don't care mm. I mean I, you know I like them a lot but I just I just don't care whereas when you think back to when this came out the fervor that surrounded them 
I I I'm really struggling to 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 match the band that I'm talking about today in 2020 with the album that I was listening to earlier. Yeah, yeah. I think there are people who are still trying to kind of fly that flag and go, no, Kvartaka are like a really important deal. And I mean, Split, all, all of their albums have done remarkably well, um, critically, mm. all of them. Um, Metacritic only has the scores for the last three, but um, both Mir and Split have a score of 84, which is not to be sniffed at at all. And even Natasfed, which is... I think universally seen as the worst, quote unquote, has a score of 83, which is really like way higher That's than mad. I expected it to be. Yeah. Uh, like for, for a for a supposed misstep in their career. And I, I think it probably will be seen as a misstep, but 83 is a that's a really high score. So it's interesting that they've always kind of had um critically, they've always been uh given given props but they just don't seem to be able to break out of that of of they don't seem to be able to break into any kind of commercial prospects and i think they are just such i just i just think it's proof that maybe this is probably it's never going to happen or with or mainstream audiences still aren't ready for this to happen if they wanted it to you know unless they're in norway <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, 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 the thing about it as well is that, I mean, when you talk about, um, it feels weird to even be mentioning like commercial aspirations Yeah, it does. with like a, 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 a black and roll band. Like it, it really does feel like an odd conversation to be having. And the only reason we're having it is because, of the massive like boom that this this record had and i mean i feel like cavell attack kind of chased they had to chase this afterwards and i think it, the media wanted it to happen so badly mm. i think when you talk about their reviews mm. i think the media was so like it we we've we've put our we've pinned we've pinned our hopes on this fucking weird norwegian black metal stroke rock and roll band and so that's what we're doing and when Mia came out in 2013 I mean for a start feels like a quite a big gap you know it's a three-year gap I suppose like most people probably heard the first Kivertek album in 2011 um I know obviously they did that Sonosphere show in 2011 um which was seen I think as quite a big thing yeah, um, for them to be doing well like, I, I think i think it's fair to say that the debut album was given a soft release and then i mean the reason mm. it was released in america later on is because indie recordings didn't probably just didn't have the money to distribute it worldwide um but they have had long waits between all of their records i mean um mir was march 2013 natasford may 2016 and split february 2020 so it's three it's a three-year gap or a four-year gap in between all of them yeah and that's not helping anyone is it no no i mean that's not i mean but particularly when again like i don't know if that's something where this was this would have been you know the first songs that they ever wrote and whatever you know and we just got in and we recorded it cheaply and it was i mean it 
it's Kurt Ballou at Ballou, God yeah. City Studios. Mm. Like, and and the production on this record is fucking exceptional. That's I think great. like it sound it sounds great. It sounds really really good. There are so there are so actually, many elements to this record, and yet they they're all really clear. And I think that is a really mm. astonishing thing to have achieved. Yeah, the production's out of this world. Amazing. Yeah, it has and, to and be he did do, for a band like this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and particular, you know, I think that's why. Again, it's probably why it crossed over to um, to a lot of people. And and Kurt Ballou did the follow up as well. Yeah. Um, I think they've missed they they miss his production. Yeah. Uh, that's a big thing. Like, and how good this record sounds compared with how kind of even the songs that I like on the last two Cavalletech albums, because of the way they've been produced. They kind of feel a bit old man ploddy, even when they're not. Do you know what mm. I mean? In comparison, they feel a bit tired in comparison to the urgency, this kind of rocket fueled injection of sort of pace and energy that Kurt Ballou gets from his production. And, and obviously looks at, you know, like he, he's produced a lot of things, Kurt Ballou, and there's not... I think the in, the interesting and brilliant thing about Kurt Ballou as a producer is he produces so many bands and he doesn't really have, there's not a Kurt Ballou style in the same way as there is a Steve Albini sound or a Ross Robinson sound or whatever. Do you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm aware the Ross Robinson sound is from the early part of his career, mm. but Kurt Ballou doesn't really have that. He's produced a lot of bands and they all sound quite different from each other. Mm. Um, and, I think he looked at Cavell Attack and was like, what you need to sound like is basically an old garage rock band, but I need to be able to set, but you need to be able, it needs to be clean enough for me to be able to separate everything so you can hear exactly what's going on. But also it needs to be kind of dirty and greasy enough for it to have this kind of ripping full throttle power. And he's got that absolutely bullseye on the money, on particularly yeah. on this album. Well, it needs to be Queens of the Stone Age meets Emperor, which is a hell of a task yeah. to pull off. That's a hell of a thing to pull off. Mm. And then you get the last couple of albums, and even when they're doing songs, which probably are as good as certain things from this record, it just feels a little bit more tired, a little bit more ploddy, like a little bit more separated from, you know, those two things haven't ever really melded in the same way as they did on this first record, mm. which again... It's a weird conundrum for a band to turn up so fully formed and then to sort of lose the essence of what it is that makes them special in the first place, I think. Yeah, it is. It's a really, it's a really, really tricky one. And it's, it's a real shame because I really want Cavell Attack to, I'd love to see them um, get back to the heights of this record. I mean, can you imagine if the fifth record was as astonishing as this first album? But it feels like even if it did, I don't know if anyone outside of the media would pay all that much attention. I mean, it's interesting considering the notices that Split got, a lot of which were basically this is the best thing they've done since the debut, which, you know, I would agree with. I just wasn't as um, enthusiastic as a lot of other people. The fact that it hasn't didn't even chart in the UK just goes to show that in this country, at least, a lot of people don't seem to care. I should say, you know, just to balance that slightly, got to number 21 in Finland, number 12 in Germany, which is fantastic, actually. It's the best um, best response they've ever had in Germany. Number 19 in Sweden and number 32 in Switzerland. So it's 
you know, if you look at it worldwide, I don't think that's... Um, I think there's... And number one in Norway, of course. Those are incredibly respectable positions for a band of their extremity. Um, but that thing that was being talked about when this album came out of them really breaking through, I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, any point. Certainly not in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I, I think like the UK and the United States particularly have a... A real um, aversion to kind of European heavy metal. Yeah, true. Like you go to Germany and Norway and Sweden and Finland and those places that you've mentioned, and actually they don't need metal to be that kind of modern metalcore thing. Do you know what I mean? They don't. They don't. You know, people like Saxon can rock up at Varken. Yeah. And play in front of 120,000 people yeah. and yeah. headline the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Um, and obviously Saxon are a British band, so it's not like, I was going to say that we're ashamed of them. Me and you are ashamed of them, obviously. <laughs> uh, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, we're not, we're not saying that in Britain people don't like those bands at all. I mean, we just had fucking Sabaton headline in Wembley Arena wow. not so yeah. long back, yeah. uh, which is fucking absolutely mental. But... Um, uh, but we do have a real aversion, I think, to kind of the idea of old school heavy metal. And I think Cavell Attack are very much the, the heavy metal end of... They're not Bring Me the Horizon and they're not Architects or anything like that. And that's the sort of thing. If anything from metal is going to get big in this country or in the US, it's got to be that more stateside radio-friendly, yeah. melodic rock version of metal it's not going to be old school throwing the horns metal in the same way that but in europe it can um so will they be able to get back to it you know i mean it sounds like they're doing all right and i think obviously the they've done their best album since this one commercially and probably critically as well um Mm. so in europe yeah potentially they probably look at that and think well you know we're doing all right um but it was a it was just for the UK in particular, I think the Cavell attack thing was a real moment in time. Yeah. And I think uh we all we all wanted it to, you know, I think the people who loved metal probably really, really wanted that to happen. Yeah. Probably desperately thought like we can go back to the eighties where bands like, you know, fucking morbid angel and obituary can sell loads and loads and loads of records and sort of slightly infiltrate the mainstream i don't think those bands ever massively hugely properly infiltrated the mainstream but they did to a certain extent i mean you know cannibal corpse on fucking ace venture and shit like that and yeah. napalm death on radio one and all that kind of stuff like i think people look at a band like cavell attack and go well it's happened before and maybe we can get there this will be a way to do it and you know what better way to do it than with actual fucking choruses which and you know catchy music which Mm. this shit had but it's just it always felt to me like far 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 too much to ask of you know an underground norwegian punk band to have that kind of impact on their own as well yeah because i think that's the other thing that we should probably say as well is that although i've mentioned ghost and watane who again felt like and i suppose behemoth was starting to get a little bit of i mean the, the 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 jump behemoth made from Evangelion to the Satanist and then the sort of uh, the aftermath of the Satanist was pretty astonishing. I don't yeah. think many people would have seen that coming no. at all. Um, but Cavell Attack were pretty much 
on their own when it came to like fighting that battle of being like old school heavy metal is going to be the big next big thing. I mean, 2010, 2011, who were the bands that people were getting really, really excited about in rock and metal at that time? Off the top of your head. I mean, asking, yeah, Ghost. Asking Alexandria. Asking, asking Alexandria, Black Veil Brides. Yeah. Um, it's a fucking mess to be honest 2010 Holly, Hollywood Undead yeah yeah, stuff like that yeah 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 I mean this is the start of all that 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 kind of that scene shit that happens and is still sort of happening I mean really it had been happening for a few years before that yeah. but really when it started to get I, I don't really feel like people probably maybe like 2007 2008 maybe people started the media started paying attention to, a, to that stuff a bit yeah. and i think that grabbing onto a band like cavell attack if you're metal hammer is them going no 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 heavy metal remember mm. heavy metal that's what we are we're not these fucking clowns with you know our hair sticking out halfway for our you know, dyed blue hair <laughs> and all that you know like fucking pop bollocks that those bands were doing mm. crunk core mm. and all that shit mm. i think they just needed something anything different that reminded people of old school heavy metal at the time and this was it and it's fucking great yeah it is it is really good it is it's really good um i i mean i i was actually kind of astonished at how good it was going back to it though which I think says a lot about how far they've fallen, which is a real shame. And it is a real shame because a lot of it is not their fault. But that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. I just wonder if there was a bit of a scene around them and they hadn't been sort of earmarked for greatness straight away off the back of this record. Like say they had released Mia as their debut album. Yeah, I think people would have heard that and they would have gone, this is really weird and really different and and really cool. Mm. I wonder what they'll come up with next. Mm. And had they have got this album out as their second album and done it two years afterwards, then I think you might have been able to see some sort of longevity, some sort of growth. But it felt like, I don't know, like they came back. It, there was real excitement when Cavalletac came back in 2013. I remember I was doing the Metal Hammer podcast at the time and I went to see them at Electric Ballroom and it felt like everybody who was British in London in the band were there and excited about seeing this band. And it felt like, you know, Sempaternal came out that year and The Black is Beautiful came out that year. And there were loads of like albums that people were super excited about hearing. And um, and I'd say Mia was as bit like, when it was about to come out, I remember... Mia being as sort of much anticipated as Sempaternal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it just, people went, oh, it's amazing, they're back. Yes, it's just as good as the first one. And within like a year, everyone had just sort of gone, sort of, don't know. Didn't didn't really. I, I like Mia, actually, but it didn't stand up to repeated plays in the way that this one does. I mean, I, I there's an argument yeah. to say that this one gets better with age you know mm. whereas Mia I don't think does get better with I think it goes the opposite direction I, I haven't actually listened to it for a very long time but the last time I did listen to it I remember just thinking well, I could just be listening to the self-titled oh yeah quite yeah yeah and 
that is the story of Cavellatech's career, unfortunately. I feel like whatever happens, people are just going to go, I could just be listening to the self-titled. It captured, it was a new band blowing everyone away with their debut. And, you know, unfortunately, the promise of the future doesn't always add up to reality. And yeah. that's what we're seeing now. And not just with them, like with a lot of bands, to be fair. Oh, with loads like for every bands, yeah. for every ghost, there are ten or twenty other bands who we were told were going to be like the future of metal and just fucking disappeared. So yeah. you know, I don't know. Bummer. Anything else to add on the old Cavell Attack record? I don't think so. It's good. You should listen to it if you haven't. Oh, John Diabasi's artwork is fucking phenomenal, as per. Yeah, In fact, great. Actually, that's a good point. I think our the artwork for his own records, aka Baroness Records. I think the cover for Cavell Attack might be the best thing John Diabasley's done. It is lovely. I've got it on vinyl. I also went into the shop when I lived in Greenwich. Happy days. Went into the little uh, print shop they have in there uh, once and I had a signed copy, signed by John Diabasley, of this album framed. Oh. And I thought about buying it, but it was like 400 quid. And I thought, nah. Bit much. Too much. Bit much. Too much. Too much. And it's because we don't have enough patrons that I couldn't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So if you're, if you're listening to this for free, um, go over to patreon.com forward slash right act podcast and then you can help pay for my John Dyer Baisley signed Cavellatac <laughs> collection, which currently stands at zero i'm sure people will be dying to do that yeah absolutely uh all right there you go thanks very much for listening guys we appreciate that that was the um i don't know the kind of sad story of the first cavell attack album because ah uh, it's not i mean it's a fucking brilliant record i think you should absolutely go and listen to it it's oh, really yeah. really wicked thanks dougie for your suggestion we enjoyed that and it was a really good excuse to go back and listen to that record which is excellent um Fingers crossed one day, when we least expect it, Cavell Attack will follow it up with something equally as good. But I've got to be honest, I'm not holding my breath. No, neither am I. All right. Cheers, lads. See you later. Bye.